The journey is there. I'm here, too. I'm Dave. It's 838. Yes, Philip Statler is also here to help us catch up with what's going on with you and your money this morning. It has been kind of an eventful weekend. We had a shotgun wedding, kind of like the Hatfields and McCoys going on. We'll find out how that's affecting the market this morning, and I'll give you the teaser. It doesn't look like we're moving too terribly fast in any direction so far. Philip Statler is on the phone from Statler Financial Services in downtown Sebring. Philip, good morning. Good to have you back. Hey, good morning, Dave. It's glad to be back. You know, had a couple uh, days of R and R uh, and 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 needed them, and feeling great, and back in the saddle and ready to to hit it hard the next couple of weeks. So, well, we're um, glad to yeah. have you here. It's going to be a busy week this week. Outside of the fact that we got some news over the weekend, it's going to be at number one, the biggest company in the nation reports this week. We get to hear about Apple and them. They un, under themselves can move the S and B. We got the Federal Reserve decision, and then because of the way the calendar falls, the unemployment reports on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are going to be earth-shaking. We're going to have an awful lot to watch this week, aren't we? Yeah, we did, and we closed out last week really well, and that actually uh, kind of put us in the position that we had really a, a pretty good month overall um, compared to the, the month before that and the month before that. So. Um, best month since January, I think, is what the uh, report said. Yeah, it ended up being pretty good. On Friday, the Dow ended up up 272 points. Standard & Poor's was up by 34. NASDAQ up was up by 84 points. Uh, the VIX did go up, but it was going up because the market all of a sudden was going up. All of the major indexes up between 7 and 8 tenths of a percent on Friday. And that gave us a pretty good run. And I was having some fun while you were gone at the second half of the week last week that Wall Street likes certainty. And when that prank phone call got to Jay Paulson and they thought he was talking to Zelensky from Ukraine and said, yeah, don't worry about it. We've only got two quarter point increases this year and we're not planning on doing anything for the rest of the year. That was kind of the certainty that Wall Street wanted. And you can plan on something. They start spending money again, don't they? Well, they do. Yeah, you're right. They like certainty, and that is a big deal. And so, um, you know, as long as they've got some certainty, whether that's good or bad, right, it's still the certainty that really uh, the markets thrive on. And that's very much the point. I mean, okay, fine. If it's if it's bad news, there are other equities that will profit during those quote-unquote bad times, and you simply move your money. Problem is, when you don't know whether the news is going to be good or bad, the temptation is to uh, – run for gold or something else and just sit on your hands waiting to see what happens. Well, if they're pretty sure that Paulson was being straight with the fake Zelensky, suddenly we got a picture of what the Fed has in mind that's a lot clearer than we've ever had before. That, that, well, that's true. If, yeah, I kind of missed that when I was on R&R, but if that's the case, you're right. That's uh, that the, the markets will like that. Oh, yeah. That's kind of my reading as to what I was seeing for all the confidence going up, because there really wasn't a whole heck of a lot of good news that came out economically to buoy the market up. Speaking of certainty and good news, shotgun wedding over the weekend. First Republic Bank, the bank that we've been talking about being in trouble for so long, was cruising for a merger. Uh, California performed a shotgun wedding. And uh, how's your First Republic Bank going as far as stock? Well, it's now well, part of J.P. Morgan because Jamie Diamond had some time on his hands, right? Well, yeah, and they, they solicited bids, basically, and J.P. Morgan came out with the best bid, I guess, to take over uh, First Republic Bank. So um, First Republic Bank is gone and uh, now owned by J.P. Morgan Chase. 
who probably won the bidding by offering to put in a new soda pop machine in the executive <laughs> suite or something. <laughs> they had like a, there was a report I had out last week talking about the top 10 super regional banks. Uh, the good news is among the super regionals doing business in our town, Truist was the only one in the bunch. And over the last month, they'd suffered about a 2% uh, drop in terms of uh, deposit accounts. So they were among the smaller numbers that actually went down when they reported. But, I mean, you know, First Republic down over 40% on deposits and a couple of others that were West Coast-centered down like 11 and 12% in deposit accounts. I don't think the super regionals are completely out of the woods yet. Do you? No, I, I don't. And according to Charlie Munger, which uh, Mr. Munger, who is, this is hard to believe, he is 99 years old. And, uh, is and, still he's an and he's Warren Buffett's junior partner. Yeah, you know, he's Warren Buffett's <laughs> partner, and, and he's still making investments and investment decisions. But, but he came out and basically said that, uh, you know, the U.S. commercial property market is, is going to be an issue. And he believes that's going to give the banks even more things to sweat about because, um, you know, there's a lot of vacant office space, especially in the big cities. Um, people just aren't coming back uh, to the office. Uh, they figured out they can still do this hybrid thing of work from home, come to the office. So they've been able to small um, downsize their office space. And so that's really hitting the commercial spaces uh, hard. There was a, an article I read, just ran across it just as an interesting sidelight, nothing more. Uh, that some major cities like, oh, San Francisco, uh, the office buildings are so low on occupancy that it almost looks like a holiday during some weekdays because such a high percentage of the office work staff is now working from home. Well, if you've got all that extra space, well, what are you going to do? Well, unload it. And if you're renting it, tell the landlord to pound sand, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, now he did say he didn't think it's going to be as bad as 2008 because, let's face it, that was disastrous. Um, but he does say that, you know, there's some trouble ahead uh, for that marketplace. And, and so we'll, uh, as things continue to slow down, we'll, we'll be seeing that uh, that takes some effect. Absolutely. And I mean, the, the microcosm of it here, we're in relatively good shape. Number one, no major office buildings. So that stereotype isn't there in terms of uh, you know, a lot of vacant office space. But at the same time, you know, we're in relatively good shape in terms of our business community here. And there's more space than normal available here in our neck of the woods. So imagine what you're like if you've got a downtown area that's half devoid of people working in the offices. That captive trade ends up affecting the retailers that make their money off the office workers that are downtown anyway. Uh, I think that and car loans, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, are probably set to be our next bubble. Yeah, I think so. Those are those are still two areas of concern that we have. Um, you know, the, the car loan deal, that's that's been on the table now for, for a little over a year. We continue to see more and more little headlines popping up to say that there is some some cracks in that uh, that funnel. As the uh, price on cars goes up, somebody quoted the average new car loan payment as being like $750 a month these days. Uh, as the employment market slows down, that begins to become a bubble that you got to start watching closer and closer. They definitely do. Definitely do. Yeah. Absolutely. Next big economic effect to expect this week that we'll be looking at in terms of the macro side of the fence uh, will be Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. like we were 
kind of uh, cracking wise to an extent. There's an 85% chance, according to the CME group, that we're going to get a 25 basis point increase in the interest rate. Uh, really, the other variable is whether they decide to start the pause now and hold off the quarter point until next month. But everybody's expecting a quarter point on Wednesday afternoon, and that'll end up giving us some continued momentum upward. Uh, and then we get into the unemployment numbers on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and start out with the uh, big payroll company uh, uh, brain block here. ADP. ADP, ADP. that's it. <laughs> they start on Wednesday. and then, I knew what I was talking about, just the name was escaping me. And then the, the unemployment claims on Thursday and that uh, fictitious national unemployment rate on Friday. In between, a whole bunch of interesting reports coming out, and I mentioned Apple among them, and that's the thing that has everybody sitting on their hands, because even in a conservative uh, mutual fund or ETF, Apple tends toward being the number one or number two holding in most of them, and they're reporting which day, I don't know for sure. Um, I was trying to look real quick for you to see. They report, um, well, that's Apple hospitality. That's not quite the Apple we want, is it? Um, not probably. Let's see. Um, they report... It's not Tuesday, and it doesn't seem to be Wednesday. Man, they must be late in the week, Dave. Maybe uh, they're holding it like an iPhone announcement. We'll tell you when we do it. You know exactly. You know, they're, just not, <laughs> they're not giving any 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 forewarning. Ah, it comes out Thursday after the market closes, so that's going to be our Friday wrap up phone call. Right oh, is, is Friday going to be an eventful day with unemployment at Apple all on the same day? I know they're due to come out this week, and like I said, they're the number one holding in most of the mutual funds and ETFs that try to track the uh, market. So it's going to be intriguing. Which leaves us this morning with just a couple of them, and one of them I find kind of interesting, and the other one is kind of a bellwether. Norwegian Cruise Lines reported early this morning. How did they do last quarter? They actually did better than expected. Now, don't get me wrong. They still lost money. Uh, they lost 30 cents a share, but they were expected to lose like 41 cents a share. Uh, revenue was better than expected, um, so that was some good news for them. Uh, and Norwegian Cruise Line is up one and a half percent today, this morning. They actually closed on Friday up another four percent. So, um, you know, two days, that's a five and a half percent increase. That's all good news. Uh, you don't lose as much as you expected. That's like making money. Uh, the other one kind of fascinates me because I see their ads on TV, and I drew a blank when you told me they were coming up. Then you reminded me, SoFi, the big loan consolidation company, their advertising has been pushing real hard to consolidate your credit card debts now because they got fat for so many years off of refinancing student loans, and that's kind of a uh, an industry in flux at the moment while the Biden administration fights over whether or not they can forgive a pile of them. Well, that's true, I and mean, that's still what they're known for, and that's still, you're right, they're looking for other avenues for revenue, uh, and the credit cards seem to be one of them. Uh, but they're still main, their main product line is the refinance of student loans. Mm -hmm. um, they lost five cents a share, which was better than the seven cents they were expected to lose. Um, revenue uh, came in better than expected by about $20 million. <clears throat> so we see SoFi up this morning uh, a little over 4.6%. That's good news. And, and the fact that it really doesn't look like the credit card, like the uh, student loan forgiveness plan is going to go through intact anyway. Uh, they're probably getting a little bit more optimism out of their investors lately, I'd wager. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, a couple of the reports I've seen that makes me think that uh, 
that may not happen. I, the, 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 the lower, yeah, the lower it gets in the national headline stories means the lower the chances the administration thinks they're going to be able to make any hay off of it, which means they're, I suspect, about ready to give up on the notion. Resetting the table, uh, we had an update on Friday, and a good one, as a matter of fact. You get eight-tenths of a percent up on an index as big as the S&P. I call it a good day. Forty-five minutes before we open, what are we looking at this morning? You know, it's really going to be flat at the open, it looks like today, Dave. We do have a little bit of green ink with the uh, Dow. It's up about $12. Everything else is going to be in the red. I mean, the S&P 500 is down $2.50. NASDAQ 100 is down $18. Um, the, the biggest down right now is small cap, the Russell 2000, it's down a quarter of a percent. So everything's pretty much in the red except for the Dow. And we got the other side, we got silver, a big pop. Um, they're up three and a half percent this morning, Dave, back up over $26 to $26 and nine cents an ounce. Wow. And then, yeah. And then gold's up uh, almost seven tenths of a percent to 2000 $12. So they're back over 2000 now. Crude oil's heading down. I don't know what you did to it last week, Dave, but it's gotten beat up. It's down two and a quarter percent to $75.07 a barrel. And coming in, I saw gas prices down 10, 10 cents. So that's pretty yep. good. Wish to heck I knew what I did last week. I'd do it again this week. <laughs> no, no idea. Overseas markets responded to our present and the markets on Friday. The uh, Asian rim market was almost uniformly up. Some of them are pretty big. Mainland Chinese market was up by over a full percent at the close this morning. European markets are looking at our markets sitting on their hands waiting for the Federal Reserve. And they're off just very tiny amounts, very fractional amounts halfway through their day. Planning for retirement counts, controlling your expenses is one part of it. The other part is making sure you know how much income you got coming in. That's where you come into the plan. Philip, how do I find you to get that plan? Exactly, Dave. That's why we developed our core retirement design to help folks design that retirement they always dreamed of. Give us a call, 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday. 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM. And back here tomorrow morning about the same time on Light FM. Philip, thank you so much. You have it a good day. All right, man. You too. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, my friend. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you had a great weekend and I hope your week gets started off on the right foot. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Until then. Have a great day. Bye now.